This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With all the physical changes a body goes through, sleeping can become increasingly difficult as pregnancy advances. It can be hard to find a comfortable position to sleep in, but don't lose hope. There are ways to support and relax that tired pregnant body. I'm Nicole Trombley, a pregnancy massage therapist, and today we're talking about sleep comfort in pregnancy. This is Preggy Pals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Stephanie Glover. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website for more information. Another way that you can stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, available in the Android, iTunes, and Windows marketplaces. I'll hand it over to Samantha, our producer, who's going to give us some information on our virtual panelist program. Thanks, Stephanie. So if you don't live in San Diego, but you want to still be a part of our discussion here at Preggy Pals, head over to Facebook and like our New Mommy Media and Preggy Pals Facebook page, and follow us on Instagram using hashtag Preggy Pals. We'll post questions before our show starts, and we'd love for you to comment so we can incorporate your thoughts into our show. For more information, head to our website and go to the community section, www.preggypals.com. Thanks. So we're going to go ahead and just go around um, to the different panelists that we have joining us today and introduce ourselves. I'll start. My name is Stephanie Glover. I'm 32 years old. I'm the new host of Preggy Pals, and I'm also a, <laughs> and I'm also a stay-at-home mom to my two girls. Um, Gretchen is almost three, and Lydia is 10 months old. Um, I had two hospital births, one a cesarean and the other a VBAC. My name is Annie Laird. I'm 36 years old. I'm a labor doula, and I was the former host of Preggy Pals, but today I'm just a panelist. I have three little girls, a nine-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. Uh, and the first one was a hospital birth. Uh, the second was a home birth turned hospital transfer. And then the third was a home birth. I am Samantha. I am the producer of Preggy Pals. I'm 22 years old. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, though looking for full-time employment. Um, I have a 20-month-old named Olivia. She was an unplanned cesarean and hoping for a VBAC sometime in the future. And I am Sunny. I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Preggy Pals, Twin Talks, Parent Savers, and The Boo Group. One of these days, I'm going to forget a show. I'm, I'm running through them in my head. We're going to have so many at some point. I'm just going to be like, visit our website for more information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm a mommy to uh, four kids, four children currently under the age of four. My oldest is four. His name's Sayer. Um, my middle guy is Urban. He is age two. And then I have identical twin girls who are seven months old, 
So when it comes to sleeping and while I was pregnant, um, I didn't get all that much of it, especially with the, the twins. You are <laughs> the bigger expert. you are, <laughs> the harder it is. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Preggy Pals. We have a question from one of our listeners for our experts. Susie in Dahlgren writes, I'm seeing a chiropractor regularly, but are there any benefits to bringing my new baby to see him? Hey, Susie. This is Dr. Tyson Perez. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor at Elevation Family Chiropractic in Carlsbad. And you asked about the benefits of your newborn seeing a chiropractor. And there absolutely are benefits. So to know whether your newborn needs a chiropractic adjustment or not, a pediatric chiropractor will use neuroscans or neurological scans to look at the function of the child and see if the brain and the body are connected appropriately. And if they're not, the chiropractor can use very gentle and safe adjustments in order to restore that communication. By restoring proper communication between the brain and the body, the child is able to perceive and adapt to the environment appropriately. I hope that answers your question. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today we're going to be discussing ways uh, to make sleeping more comfortable in pregnancy. Joining here in the studio is Nicole Trombley. Nicole is a certified massage therapist and restorative exercise specialist, specializing in massage for pregnancy and postpartum. Welcome to Preggy Pals, Nicole. It's great to have you. Yay, thanks for having me here. <laughs> awesome. So sleep is always such a big component of pregnancy. Um, in your experience, how common is it for pregnant women to have difficulty sleeping? Well, if you talk to pregnant women, it is extremely common. Um, I think studies say that depending on what you what study you look at, anywhere between 75 and 95% of women report sleep disturbances by the end of their third trimester. Who are those 5%? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. They're Lucky just in duckies. denial. Yeah. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> so pretty darn common. Yeah. Right. Pretty darn common. And yeah. how about um, Samantha? Did you have any difficulty sleeping in your pregnancy? Um, you know, it wasn't so bad in the beginning. Like, I'm sure most people have the same complaint. Like, in the beginning, it wasn't bad. You could still sleep on your stomach. It was not a problem. And then when I got big, it was a big problem because <laughs> we were sleeping in a full-sized bed. Uh. So it was me and her dad and, like, me as being, like, one and a half people. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely a struggle. Well, and Samantha sure. brings up a good point about the growing belly. So what is it about the pregnant body that can impact sleep? You know, it's a whole range of things. So de depending on the woman in her pregnancy, it can be anything from the uterus pressing on the bladder. So, of course, pregnant women have to get up to pee many more times in the night than they're used to getting up. But women also experience, you know, once they're far enough along their pregnancy, they um, some women really experience the fetal movement a lot at night. And so they may have a 
probably a wonderfully adorable little one who is just kicking around, but um, sometimes it can be really disruptive to mom. Or fu- sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's really disruptive to her sleep. Um, some women get heartburn at night while they're trying to sleep. Um, just because they're in a horizontal position, they, they really feel it, it pushing up a lot more. So heart, heartburn can really get in their way. Um, a lot of women get anxiety in their pregnancy, and um, their normal ways of dealing with anxiety aren't available to them, whether it be a glass of wine or medication <laughs> or jogging. Um, things change. So a lot of times people are dealing with some emotional changes at night, uh, during their pregnancy that they experience in the dark of night. Um, but... Um, you know, other other changes that happen um, just because of um, the sh- the way the shape of the abdomen changes, it can change the w- breathing when you're when you're lying horizontal. So there's a, oftentimes an increase in snoring in pregnancy, and there's a lot of attention now being given to an increase in sleep apnea in pregnancy. And they've actually been looking um, to find connections between uh, onset of preeclampsia and snoring and um, hmm. sleep apnea. Well, and I don't know I don't That's know the conclusions on that. But then one of the other big, big things that gets in the way of pregnant women having a comfortable night's sleep is comfort. And they could be, um, because of their body shape, forced to sleep in positions they're not used to sleeping in, um, which feels really awkward to them. Um, and they could be experiencing a lot of pain. And this could be, could be pain that they experience all the time uh, during the day, and it could be just stuff that they feel at night. And oftentimes it's things like low back pain. You hear that classic low back pain that women experience in pregnancy. Uh, but it can also be rib pain carpal tunnel syndrome their limbs are falling asleep leg cramps like all these sorts of discomforts happening at night so it can be it's it's like a it's a long list of stuff that really so much going on in that body yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean are there sleep positions to avoid in in pregnancy well this is complicated this is really complicated and it's it's um it's it's a little bit controversial and there's there's been some studies out lately that have made it even more controversial yeah the position we sleep in particularly when we're pregnant has physiological implications and the largest implication it has is it, Im- it influences our blood dynamics so um when you're laying um flat on your back and you've got a very pregnant belly there is a chance it's not a 100 percent guarantee for all women but there's a chance that that really pregnant uterus it's heavy is going to weigh down on your major blood vessels so like your aorta and your vena cava like those big ones and that is going to minimize your blood flow to your back to your heart a little bit and it can end up with you feeling dizzy and passing out so there's in general the recommendation is not to sleep on your back um that that's it's um actually hard to give that as a universal precaution because some recent studies have been showing that for some women laying on their back, they actually have increased blood flow. Yeah, it's it's really complicated. I think it has a lot more to do, though the studies haven't shown it yet, with baby's position in the uterus and that that's going to have more of an impact. But they're they're not that specific in these studies. They're not really, they're not looking at that. But the other big restriction that pregnant women hear a lot is that they're told to sleep just on their left side. Yeah. And... It's um, well. It, the assumption the assumption is, and there's um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of data supporting this assumption that laying on your left side is going to um, interfere but less with the blood flow to the baby, right? To, well, back to mom's heart, and then uh, eventually to the baby. Okay. Um, what we're finding out though is that again, that's not universal. It's some women are experiencing that, mm-hmm. and. It's, um, it used to be that this was a recommendation that was given for women with really high-risk pregnancies. So we're talking women who had um, really, really bad high, um, high blood pressure, women with, they were really worried about the baby's size, that they had really small babies and they weren't really sure what was going on. And so they were really concerned about the blood flow. And somehow in the past 20 years, because of 
Dr. Google and all of the sort of um, information resources available to us as moms. Alarmist books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, won't, we won't mention the titles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there's, de- there's definitely in the alarmist books. Well, it's hard to toss and turn at night if you're told not to toss and turn. You know, right. and you're stuck there on your left side. No, in, right. Yeah. No. And, and part of the complication with that is that as humans, we're meant to roll around in bed right just by ourselves or with other people but you're meant to roll around and you know we, we know this just from you know caring for people who are bedridden and it's like we need them we need to move them around so they don't get bed sores and it's like we know this we're supposed to move around in our sleep it's better for full body circulation it's better for muscles that if you force yourself on one side all the time you end up with a lot of discomforts so you know the left side lying rule you know my what i really you know i'm i'm it's not within my scope of practice to make a recommendation i'm a massage therapist to my clients at all but what i really encourage them to do is to really talk with their care provider around about it because it really used to be a recommendation that was for um these really complicated pregnancies and it's really between the woman and her care provider to know everything about her pregnancy and not dr google mm-hmm. right and that yeah. that's really a safer yeah thing so and i've seen too in in reading about um you know, what is that cutoff point for not laying on your back? Because sometimes they say, well, it's later, maybe midway through pregnancy or, um, but then I've also heard sometimes your body just gives cues when it's no longer appropriate. If you are feeling faint, maybe, or um, having blood pressure issues or something. No, and exactly. And and the, Every, the experts ultimately always say, oh, well, and if you do feel faint, just roll over and it resolves immediately. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not, it's not that big of a, right. big of a concern. Um, now, there are a lot of stomach sleepers. Yeah. And how do you reconcile that in pregnancy? Is it safe? Is it safe at any point in pregnancy? Or is it just overall not recommended? You know, well, that's that's another one, again, that I'd refer, you know, with the safety question, we right. refer um, back to a care provider. But um, I will say that there is alternatives. It's definitely a group of women that I um, have. The, I'm not a stomach sleeper, but I have the most sympathy for it because it's the hardest one to accommodate, right? Mm-hmm. If you're so used to sleeping on your stomach and, and you just... I mean, at least if you're a back sleeper, you could put a wedge or a pillow right. so you're not right. completely on your back, but kind of on your mm-hmm. side, sort right. of, you know, but yeah. man, yeah. I'm, I'm a stomach sleeper. Uh, yeah. Well, what did you do? Yeah, how did you handle that? And I just couldn't do it when I was pregnant. Well, I mean, did and you did you not do it during even the first trimester? Because you didn't I, even know. No, it. I did it for as long as I could. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was bad for the baby or not. But that's just how I, I sleep much better. You know, my issue now, I'm not pregnant, obviously, anymore, but um, my boobs fill up really easily at night, and then that's uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me. So I've really had to adjust so that... I can sleep in other positions and not make it be so awkward for me. I do a lot of side lying now, especially especially if you've got a, a like if you're um, side nursing in mm-hmm. bed or something mm-hmm. like that, then you fall asleep that way. Your body kind of gets used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love sleeping on my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what are some of the adaptations? Well, for- one of the things I coach um, uh, stomach sleepers to to play around with. And I don't think it works for everyone, but it definitely works for some women, is to think about why you're a stomach sleeper. So when you're sleeping on your stomach, one of the things that makes it such a, like a satisfactory experience is that you're getting pressure and tactile stimulation on your abdomen and on your chest, right? It's like it's tactile. You're getting like a physiological response from that. It's like a hug. It's someone like hugging you. It totally is. <laughs> and, it's, and that's sending a, a signal to your brain that, okay, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. It's time to sleep, right? So 
I, you know, I encourage women, like, how do you, how can you then recreate that on your side? Like, you know, and for some women, it's helpful to be hugging like a hard pillow, as long as you've got like temperature control and it's not too hot in the room, but like hugging, hugging something and like putting firm things against you while you're lying on your side to kind of try and recreate some of that tactile stimulation that's going to give that. It works for some women. And another thing that you can try is um, not laying perpendicular to the bed on your side but rolling over kind of on a three quarters right and so you're gonna need like a body pillow or something that you can put between your legs and swing your arm over but you're kind of you're halfway on your belly halfway on your side but you're not putting your body weight fully on top of your belly and it's something you can manage I don't know that that's going to be perfect for neck pain and back pain but it's definitely (laughs) if you can get a good night's sleep there's so much value to that for your mental health and physical well-being that it's definitely worth trying that's tough though if you're rolling around a lot I don't know if you guys roll around a lot in your sleep but like if you're moving like I remember they told me that too especially when I was pregnant with the twins is you know, um, not to lay just on my back. You know, they really wanted me to be kind of on my side. And I'm like, but between my husband flipping and flopping in his sleep, which I swear the guy, like, gets airborne when he does it, <laughs> um, between that and, and just my own personal, you know, comfort, um, yeah, I mean, I we're moving around quite a bit, you know? It's easier said than done. It is. It is. Yeah. And I remember being, because I was a, before my first, I was a back sleeper and I got so in my head that I wasn't supposed to be on my back. I almost felt that that interrupted my <laughs> sleep. I would, you know, roll on onto my back and then be woken up very yeah, alarmed evaluate and, and kind of guilty that I allowed myself <laughs> to be comfortable in that, in that position. Yeah. And Annie, how about you? Did you, um, what kind of sleeper were you? Did you have to make modifications? You don't know. No, I was always on the left side. Mm. Um, but that's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, le- left side, right side. I'm I'm a side sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for me, it was just disturbed sleep was especially my first pregnancy where it annoyed me. Like I should be able, I have a right to sleep through the night. <laughs> you know? and that ended quickly, and then <laughs> and that went away. Exactly, but you know, how and then I, you were a mom, yeah, and then I was a mom. Yeah, until she started sleep, more sleeping through the night consistently, which took a while. But um, <laughs> you know, Nicole, you mentioned it with the the bladder waking up. That was that was my thing, and yeah. then I, you know what? I, I just kind of took the viewpoint of um, this is with with my second baby, not my first. With my second baby, of you know what? You know, when I had this baby, I'm going to be getting up a lot of times in the middle of the night. So this is just Mother Nature's way of getting me ready Mm -hmm. to not sleep eight hours in a row. And nobody really, I don't think, sleep eight hours in a row anyways. Like there's awakenings that we all have in the middle of the night. We just don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. No, and we're definitely going through um, different levels of sleep that, you know, some are deep, deep where we can't even move. And then we move more into like the dream the dream stage mm-hmm. and we move into more more light sleep where we <laughs> flop around. <laughs> yeah. Great. So when we come back, we'll discuss recommendations for positions that will help with sleep. We'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So welcome back. Today on Preggy Pals, we're discussing comfortable and beneficial sleep positions for pregnant women. Certified massage therapist Nicole Trombley is our expert. 
So which sleep positions are recommended for pregnant women? I know we, we talked about some of the limitations, but how can we really get comfortable in pregnancy? Well, the key is really complicated. It's a lot of pillows, and it's, co- and it's easy for you once you get them in the bed, and it's really hard for everybody else in the bed. It really, it really is. Um, you know, I, the, the easiest position really is going to be that sideline position, and it's, it's easiest because we can prop, you, know, you can get propped up with lots of pillows to, to help maintain it, but um, it's, it's kind of a, the position you can be in that you can get the best alignment for your, your neck and your spine and your back and kind of hopefully get you, get you back to a little bit more of a neutral position and let your muscles restore themselves and... And I know we can't see because we're just over the radio, but could you explain where would we place those pillows? All over the place. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> Build and, a fort? <laughs> no, seriously. So, so, so if we started your head, right? Okay. So we, we'll do the whole body. You start at your head. So if you're sleeping on your side, and if you're not a regular side sleeper, um, when you sleep on your side, that's the time when you need a slightly thicker pillow for your neck, right? So some, if, you, if you've got just like the really flat dead pillows you sometimes want just a couple two of those flat dead pillows or you want a, a slightly thicker pillow and um some experts recommend that your you want your neck to be um a perfect continuation of your spine so it's in one straight line so that if you looked at yourself you're facing yourself you'd see your nose in line with your navel they say and hopefully your belly button hasn't gone off in some strange direction <laughs> so so you've got those you, you so you've got your, your neck really supported and then oftentimes um, for pregnant women, we'll want to tuck something under her belly. And this isn't, not every woman wants this. And sometimes baby's in a position where they're just going to reject your pillow. Or if you've got, if you're carrying multiples, this might be just too much support under your belly. But putting a belly, um, a belly pillow and often just like a little throw pillow or something, a rolled up towel, oftentimes that will move your uterus back up towards the midline of your body. When you're just laying there on your side, your uterus drops down towards your bed right because babies like flop around right it just drops down so if you put something under it it's going to move it back up to the midline of the body and that's going to help take some pressure off of your uterine ligaments so some women are having some ligament pain and it's also going to take pressure off of your low back and so this is a really this is a really nice one for women and then the next thing you want to do is you want to prop your legs up right so legs we can um some women find it really helpful just to put pillows between their knees and then um other women need a little more support than that, right? So instead of just one pillow between their knees, we really need about three pillows. <laughs> and, and, and these are the women who tend to be experiencing sciatica in pregnancy or um, um, SI joint pain, so the sacroiliac joint, which is kind of that low back, really sharp pain that some women experience. And the more support they can put under their legs, I mean, I'm serious, like three thick pillows, like really thick. Um, that's really going to help put their leg in a position that it's not going to aggravate that low back. So that becomes a really critical one. Um, and then another another great pillow for women is when you're laying on your side, so you've got your neck supported, your belly supported, your legs supported. We're talking, what is that, like five, six pillows already? Is <laughs> to get another little something, and it could be a teddy bear, I don't know, like, we, but another pillow to hug. And sometimes that, that's going to actually take the weight of your arm and put it into the pillow, and it's not dangling from your neck anymore. So it's going to take a little bit of strain off of women's neck. So that can be, that's, that's kind of a recommendation of like a general setup of pillows that... That's great. Well, and you see those full body pillows or you see the specific pregnancy pillows that are like that J shape or like a C shape. Um, Are those sufficient if you don't have 
20 extra pillows in your house. <laughs> they can they can be. They can be. They they really work for some women. Some women find that those pillows um collapse too quickly. Like they have too much give. They're actually too soft. Mm-hmm. Right? And they in a lot of women actually fold them in half and actually use them as a double pillow to put between their legs because they need something that's going to support them all night or for a couple hours and not compress. So, a lot of women it's a great pillow for them. Other women they really they do what they can with it. Right. They modify it. But, you know, the other thing people can do is they can make their own pillows because your needs your needs in bed are going to change throughout the pregnancy. As you get bigger, you may develop discomforts or, or new ones. They may disappear. Um, sometimes we just encourage women to take, like, a giant king-size pillow and shove towels and small pillows from around the house. And so you've got this giant king-size pillow that's now full and it's now like this giant bolster for you or like a rolled up sleeping bag. These are great pillows to support your legs as you're laying in bed. Instead of, and, you know, if that's a great alternative to a $100 pillow. Right. And I, I've even heard, you know, because so many of us get those um, nursing pillows that are you know, on small scale, but you can use those too. Absolutely. In like the prenatal phase. And Absolutely. Supporting your belly or between your legs. Absolutely. So. Great. Yeah. Those are great tips. Um, and so we touched on sciatica, but I know a lot of pregnant women get leg cramps. Um, and are there any positions or anything that can help with that? Yes. There's, um, you know, in terms of pillows and um, sleeping and the leg cramps, one of the things you can, this helps some women, is to make sure that your entire leg from hip to toes is fully supported on pillows. Sometimes we just put pillows between our thighs and then your lower leg and your foot is dangling. And that can make it, um, that part of your leg, a little more vulnerable to a wider range of movements while you're sleeping and that, you know, you may you may put yourself more at risk for like one of those sudden leg cramps. But with leg cramps, the best thing to do is preventative. Like the leg cramps are happening because of what we're, what's happening in your body all day long, not just at night. And so the recommendations for stretching and talking to your doctor about electrolytes are actually really key. And the stretching is like... Did anyone experience really leg cramps in pregnancy yes. at night? Oh my god! Did anything help that you noticed? Or? Not that it. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of just dealt with it as they came. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, okay, like I gotta stretch this out. So I'd like grab my toe and mm-hmm. stretch it out. And then at that point, I was like, all right, I'm going back to sleep. Right. And then during the day, it never really crossed my mind. Like, hmm, could I do something to prevent that? I kind of just dealt with it. But now in hindsight, like. Maybe if I had drank a Gatorade or maybe if I had had a banana before I went to sleep, like, maybe that would have helped. Yeah. So are these Charlie horses, is that what we're talking yeah, about? I think so. Yeah. Leg cramps? Okay, yeah, I did. I had some of those, too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, more more of my pain was more like, felt more like up near the hip or yes, something. Like trying to lift up my leg to put it in pants or something. You know what I mean? With that, that's when I really, that was most of my... Yeah, I started to notice when I got bigger. And funnily enough, I notice it now post-pregnancy, but I didn't notice it pre-pregnancy. If I lay on my side for too long, whatever hip is down at the mattress, if I've been in that position too long, it hurts really bad. And I'm like, I need to move this second. And then I'd roll over and it kind of would, it would just, the pain would just dissipate. And it started in pregnancy and continues now. Hmm. Even if I don't have a big old baby. My belly. And what, what position are your legs bent when you're doing that? 
Probably. Yeah. My best guess. Sometimes sometimes it's about it's about your mattress. But sometimes it's about um, what part of your pelvis is actually hitting the the mattress. Right? So sometimes you can straighten your legs out, play with just trying to find tuck your tailbone, untuck your tailbone and try and see if you can get a different part of your pelvis hitting the mattress so that it's taking the weight, right? And then the other thing you can do is get like a little piece of foam and put it under your hips. Oh. Which is like totally high maintenance. Like all this pillow stuff is so high maintenance, <laughs> right? It, it totally is. But, you know, and particularly if you've got a little one in bed with you. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> like a good crazy. point. She's still with me. So yeah. that should be another point. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the, the pillow certainly was high maintenance and not welcomed by my husband. Because right. I had one of those pregnancy oh, pillows. So yeah. it was like a third person in the bed. Uh-huh. Huge. And he's huge. a cuddler. So it was like this oh. barrier. So he like couldn't get to me. <laughs> Get this thing out of here. He was very, <laughs> yes, very happy when I rehomed it. <laughs> what um, what do we need to know, if anything, about the type of mattresses we're using? How does that factor into this? Because I know, not that we're all going to run out and buy a new mattress, but um, like we've got a pillow top mattress, which we like really soft and fluffy and happy. But I know, you know, some other people like really hard mattresses. Does that weigh into this at all? Like what the body needs during pregnancy? It doesn't. I would say that there's not there's not a universal answer to it there's or even a general answer to it that it's really going to depend on on most women's experiences i ha- i have a lot of clients who get really upset that they spend a lot of money on a mattress right before they got pregnant because their oh. needs change um, that hopefully some of them can just you know buy a less expensive pillow top to mm-hmm. change change the firmness of their bed to whichever direction they need to go in but i i don't have a yeah, I don't have a universal. Maybe that's then. why we need, we need to get the with the ones with the numbers, the right? sleep number oh, one, yeah. so we can just adjust it. There you go. What <laughs> a good idea. There's a pregnancy uh, setting. Yeah. <laughs> All the pillows come up out okay. of it. I think we need to partner with a company and create a pregnancy setting. <laughs> if trying new positions isn't helping with discomfort, what else can a woman try? Are there certain stretches, exercises, massage? What are options for women? Well, depending on how severe the discomfort is, like if it's you know obviously if it's interfering with your your daily activity. You definitely want to check in with your care provider and physical therapy is a fantastic option for people because the the changes that happen in pregnancy happen can happen pretty fast for some people's bodies and particularly if you're carrying multiples and physical therapy can really help you get um, the balance of muscle strength back where you need it. Um, like which muscles need to be strong, they can help figure that out. Um, but yeah, sometimes um, acupuncture, chiropractic, massage can all help bring your body back to neutral and get some of those muscles to let go and, and kind of resolve some of the discomfort a little bit. My my advice with women to women is often um, we need to use, this isn't just for pregnant women, we need to use the discomfort we feel at night in bed kind of as information like that even if this, you know, low back pain I only feel at night, something's going on. And what is it telling me? What is it telling me about imbalances that are happening in my body and, you know, and I'll get all geeky on myself about hip strength, but it's, you know, it's like, okay, well, does that mean my lateral hips are, are not strong? And, you know, the average woman isn't going to be asking that specific question, but she can definitely kind of get a sense of um, there's something going on and I need to seek some, you know, outside resources, whether it's Dr. Google or if it's um, a massage therapist or another care provider to kind of give her some sense but uh, of what's going on and help her think big picture about that because sometimes a lot of the stuff that's happening in pregnancy is pelvic related and that's definitely not something we want to play with because it can affect and play with in terms of ignore Mm -hmm. I guess not play with we want to play with it um because it can affect fetal positioning it can affect um 
your pelvic mobility and how much access you have to different movements in your pelvis going into delivery. It can affect your pelvic floor health and postpartum recovery and, you know, your lifelong relationship with your pelvis. And and in terms of, you know, continence and all of these issues, it is really something to pay attention to. So I, I definitely encourage women to kind of use that as like, what is this telling me? What's going on? And how can I find out? And with massage being an option, um, is massage... Well, and physical therapy, are those options throughout pregnancy or are absolutely. you supposed to stop? Or So massage physical well, Physical or? therapy, absolutely. Okay. Um, massage therapy, um, if most massage providers who are not, don't hold certification in prenatal massage will not uh, perform massage on first trimester moms or um, anyone who has a high risk. Um that is not meaning that it is not safe in first trimester. That's their personal liability exclusion. But it is absolutely, you know, if you see a trained provider, you can absolutely get massage in your first trimester. Well, great. Thank you, Nicole, for joining us today. For more information about Nicole, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Nicole is going to talk about how pregnancy discomforts affect baby's positioning. To join our club, visit our website, preggypals.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Jennifer Durbin, the author of Pregnancy Tips for the Clueless Chick and the mother of two wonderful little boys. I would love to give you all of the inside info you need to find the right pediatrician. Finding a pediatrician for your little one before he or she is born is an important and daunting task if you don't know where to start or what to ask. Like many of your pregnancy questions, you can benefit from asking for recommendations from friends, coworkers, and neighbors. You may also find that your OB or midwife has a list of recommended pediatricians. But first, get a list of pediatricians affiliated with the hospital or birth center where you plan to deliver. Simply check their website or give them a quick call. It's important that you select a pediatrician prior to delivery because most doctors will like to see the baby for their first checkup soon after your discharge from the hospital, and you don't want to be scrambling to find a pediatrician 24 hours after you've delivered. When you're looking for a doctor for your baby, keep in mind that if she's not affiliated with the hospital at which you're delivering, she will not be able to admit the baby to that hospital should complications arise. It's beneficial to meet with two or three pediatricians to get a better idea of the different styles of care available. It's very important to find a pediatrician that you're comfortable with. While you can always change doctors, it's important that in those first few weeks you feel very comfortable talking with your pediatrician should anything come up. Once you've compiled a list of two to three recommended doctors in your area, check their websites to see if they offer a meet the doctor evening or schedule an individual appointment. Before you venture into their office, remember to think about the questions you'll want to ask to ensure that their treatment methods are compatible with your family. When you finally settle on a pediatrician, don't forget to tell them your due date so that they'll be expecting a call from the hospital when the little one arrives. For even more great tips, visit cluelesschick.com. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. 
Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and our show Boob Group for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit New Mommy Media. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.